Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Biff Bites Podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Mee, joined as always by my co-host, Adam Shear, and welcoming back to the podcast. It's been a while since uh, we've had him, the one and only Biff Man, Mr. Mike Long. How's it going? (laughs) Oh, I, I am well, Jerry. Thank you for that for that welcome. Yeah, I was just thinking, like, when's the last time the three of us were in the room together? This <laughs> could get wild. Oh yeah, we got a wild episode in store for today. Uh, it's it's the off season, you know. I'm gonna. I, I think the CFP has uh, off and on seasons for uh, the exam. So since we're in kind of the slower summer months, we wanted to do some more fun episodes. Uh, so we had an idea for a new uh, series that we're going to try out today, trial run it. Uh, we're going to do CFP board fantasy draft of the exam topics. So this week, Mike, Adam, and I are going to snake draft through the topics of the CFP board uh, CFP exam, uh, basically with the idea of if, if these were the only topics that you could study to prepare for the exam what topics would you choose and why so bit of a new concept here gonna try it out hopefully you guys have fun and also it will uh, help you kind of pick and choose where to put your main focus into as you prepare for future exam cycles how's that sound boys great me and the draft team uh we've been working late hours i was up late (laughs) last night uh, compiling my list, my power rankings. So I'm ready to go, Jerry. Adam's Adam's money balling it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to clarify, you know, how drafts usually go. It's based on performance in last uh, season. So, you know, I'm looking at the order I'm picking and I'm thinking, I don't know. I think I did better than that. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, oh boy. Well, I'm going for the gut check. I'm just gonna do hot takes, hot takes all day. Yeah, that's fitting. <laughs> After the exam just ended, yeah, I think we're all a hot take right now, or a hot mess. Awesome. Well, today we are going to be focusing on general principles. Uh, we will be tackling the other sections in uh, later episodes, but. For right now, we're just going to snake draft our way through the general principle topics and uh, kind of power rank them uh, as far as, you know, what are the most important things for you to study for the exam? So uh, we determined uh, draft order before the episode starts, and I have received the honor of pack one, pick one. <laughs> First overall pick of the draft, and I think it's a pretty good one. In fact, I would make this my pick one overall across all topics. Like if we were doing a massive draft, uh, which we don't have time for in this episode, but if we were of every single topic in the CFP board's uh, curriculum, I would still pick this as my number one pick. And that, of course, is the calculator. The financial calculator, whether you like the HP 12C or the 10B2 Plus uh, or the Texas Instruments 10B2, whatever your poison is, in my humble opinion, the calculator and knowing how to do time value of money on that calculator is the most important topic to study for this exam. Ooh, that's strong, Jerry. That's strong. (laughs) That was on my list, too. Hey, I tell you what, before this is finalized... 
I'll trade you two of of the things on my list for that <laughs> now, for that pick. Now I don't want to. This my the calculator is the Babe Ruth. It's the Babe Ruth of the uh, of the CFP board topics, and no. I'm going to tell you why, Mike. I'm sure you already know. I mean, it's on your list, but you know, it's the building block for so many other topics uh, that come later in the curriculum, whether it's like mortgage calculations or college savings calculations, retirement calculations. Um, those are big ones and you need to know basic time value of money concepts in order to even have a, you know, a snowball's chance in hell at answering those other topics. And my biggest reason why I love the calculator so much is it's your only lifeline that you get to bring into the test with you from outside. You know, if you think about it, you go into that testing center with nothing except for your calculator in your hand. That is a pretty important, uh, you know, tool for you to be successful on this exam. So you're going to want to make sure that you really know how to use that calculator to its fullest extent and take full advantage uh, of that uh, that tool that the CFB board is allowing you on the exam. And yeah, it's your uh, it's your exam blankie. Yeah. My grandkids were just here and they had, each had a blankie. Exactly. So that's what it is. And you're hoping you get a, you get calculator questions because you know it inside now. I know. I, I sleep with my calculator. My girlfriend is very upset that, you know, I, I cuddle the calculator every night, but she, she just has to understand how important it is. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm jealous of that pick, but go. Yeah. <laughs> well, same, same here. Now I, I am locking that pick in. The calculator is mine and I will turn it over to our next pick, which is you, Mike. Oh, all right. Well, what was my next one then? Okay. Uh, what I'm going to draft first, um, simply because there are so many questions and angles that, that could be in the question pool. Um, and we're going to do, I think, a separate episode just about the code of ethics and standards of professional conduct. Yes. Yeah. That's but one I'm... piece that's actually in general principles curriculum are the uh, practice standards and the steps in the financial planning process. Mm. Um, you know, that's seven different categories. And, and for the exam, the, the student has to be able to recognize what, where we're at, and what, and then further, what happens in this step? And then some of the things within those steps, if you look at the roadmap or you look at the standards, practice standards, you can see what I'm talking about with all these subsections of each of the, of the seven steps. Um, one quick example of that is just in the first step of understanding the client's um, personal and financial circumstances. In there, you would read, qualitative and quantitative information. Well, what the heck does that mean? Uh, but that could be an exam question. Which yeah. of the following are qualitative? Mm -hmm. um, but it goes on and on like that through the seven steps. Um, you know, you're not going to have 20 questions on those steps, but I think you'll have one, maybe more than one, and your recognition of which step we're in and which item within the step helps you with all those questions of what does the planner do next? And and so for that reason, uh, that's that's what 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 I'm going to go with first here. You know, that's a good one, Mike, because I I feel the seven steps are deceptively easy, and because of that, so many students sleep on them, and they think, oh, I don't need to study that. I know that. That's that's just kind of common sense. Why do I need to study common sense? And then they get to the exam and they get questions on it, and they realize, huh, 
I don't actually know this as well as I thought I knew this. <laughs> oh, that's a great point. You've got to put, you know, we're in CFP land with, with this exam and we have to think uh, like that exam writer and, and they're going to get into these details that we just gloss over. Yeah. First step, you, you try to understand the client. Okay. Well, what's that mean? Uh, Cause that's where the test question would, would live. So, so we just, we always are begging students to spend more time in, right. in this material. And that's why, cause you're right. We tend to gloss over it thinking we know it all. Yeah. And, and for exam land, maybe we don't. And also because they test on the order too. And a lot of students maybe know the seven steps, but they don't really actually understand what order they go in. You know, what comes first, collecting the data or signing the uh, the agreement, the, the client uh, planner agreement? Yeah. What, what now, the good news for that? for that in studying this pick is it's some of the CFP board's best material. Yeah, uh, the actual stick code and standards, but especially that roadmap, man, that is a great document oh, that's, yeah. that can get you into CFP board thinking uh, about the steps. So don't despair if you're like, oh, yeah, I don't know anything about that. Uh, you got great materials for it. But get on it early and often because uh, there's so many plays that this draft pick can run. You want to know them all. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, with that pick locked in, rounding out the snake draft, we have Adam. You're going to go back to back, Adam. Uh, for those of our listeners who don't uh, know what a snake draft is, we go forward and back, up and down the line. So Adam is going to get two picks in a row. All right. Crunch time. Before we do, uh, this this message is brought to you from our sponsor, which is the Biff Financial Calculator, QBank, in the Biff <laughs> Review. <laughs> and, you get and a in, paid name sponsor for the for for the ep, each episode. <laughs> the, oh, I, I thought you meant for the calculator Q bank. I'm like the Biff Doritos Bowl calculator. Yes, Q-Bank. that's what I'm saying. Everything should have that. Let's get on that. Let's do this <laughs> next time. Let's have a sponsor. <laughs> um, I'm also going to give my first hot take. Um, Ooh, and 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 you know. I'm shooting this one right by the other providers out there. Biff creates the best acronyms for the seven-step process, Mike. No, no doubt we are firmly number one. We have the best way to memorize the seven steps. Uh, come join us. We have we have a couple in our back pocket. I know that for sure for sure. Um where where I'm gonna go, um, you know, I'm I'm first pick. I, I want something that is gonna be consistent. I want something that is is core that's gonna give me give me some some opportunity to to learn and then apply. I'm gonna go with a very vanilla pick of emergency funds. Mm, so okay, emergency funds number one. Here's here's one of the reasons why. It, that's it, like drafting a kicker. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna you pick it too points, early. Right? It's too early. <laughs> but you want it to be automatic. I get it. Okay, want- yeah. You want you, you got to have a good good good. Okay, all right. I'm sorry. If, if if my kicker hits 25 extra points, Mike, you know, one game, I, I think we're looking pretty good. Or or he could tear his ACL in the first 15 minutes of the first game, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Intriguing pick. <laughs> Intriguing. Um, my my club foot kicker, emergency funds. Um, here's where's where I'm picking it. I think that uh this can very easily find its way into your case studies. I think that that that's an appropriate question. It's fair game when we're looking at the individuals. We're looking at case studies. 
I think this could be a very easy standalone question just on the core. Like, how do you design your emergency fund? How much of a runway do we need based on who the clients are? It's it's a very easy step to go from what emergency funds are uh, to the point of application with the clients, which which I like and which is which we know as a group, that's where this stuff is tested. Um, I also like the possibility for some overlay of different topics. So when we're looking at, let's say, uh, long-term disability coverage, okay, how does the emergency fund play in there in, in how we set up elimination periods? So I think you get a lot of versatility from that. I also feel, and, and we mentioned this in a, a previous podcast where Jerry and I walked through a question, that emergency funds <clears throat> are one of those things where, where test takers often jump to that because they say, well, that's the, that must happen. And the truth on the exam is that's often used as a very appealing distractor. So just keep that in mind that, that when you're doing your SWOT analysis, it is an important core planning item for everyone. You, you need to have that cash. It needs to be safe um, and accessible, right? But there could be competing priorities and bigger vulnerabilities. So I think emergency funds, apply what you know, but do as we always say in the review, read completely, read fully, and select the best answer that's out there. So emergency funds, number one. Okay. Good explanation. Yeah. And then now I'm thinking layers on that one too of uh, the amount, what's appropriate for the scenario. Is it a one earner household, a two earner household? And then we had a question this last cycle. I don't, I wouldn't suspect this would be the, uh, an exam question, but it was, what if both earners, two earners, but they work, both work for the same company? Oh, wow. Um, you know, would it, would, would it be three? Would it be six? Because they're both vulnerable to layoff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I thought, well, that's thinking like a planner, uh, you know? <laughs> so, um, so anyway, I mean, ultimately that I guess would be up to the client. Um, but uh, I like the layers that, that you, you kind of laid out there. So, all right. All right. I Thanks. feel better Thanks, about Jim. your pick. <laughs> I appreciate All that. right. Well, snake draft, you're up again, Adam. <laughs> all right. Uh, consulted the draft team and, uh, you know, they, they were a little taken back by the, the, the comments from, from the Biff crew and they're, they're going to go a little more risky. They want some return on investment. Okay. So with my next pick, I'm going education tax credits. And though it may not be one of those things that you spend a ton of time on, here's what I like about them. There's two of them. And when you put them side by side, there's the AOTC, American Opportunity Tax Credit. There's the LLC, Lifetime Learning Credit. These often flow through into that general principles area just because it overlays with education planning. Um, they are just features and benefits side by side, you have very different features, very different benefits, different calculations, different qualifying expenses. That's the type of stuff as a question writer that you can write great questions to. Because in order to test that person's knowledge, you can go a little deeper into the nuance. And what we tell all of our students is know these things inside out. Another piece that I like about them, they're on the CFP board tax tables. Their phase-outs are there. Both of those credits are there. Both of the phase-outs are there. One key thing that all of you that are sitting for the exam must have mastery over is how to calculate a phase-out. Because I will tell you, if you have a question on either of these or both of these, it's been, you know, we've heard that 
both of them are tested in the same STEM. You could have an adult that's going back to college and you could have someone that's in the third year of undergrad and both of those credits are on the table. Uh, fortunately, the phase out ranges are identical for the different filing statuses on these, but you have to be able to recognize who qualifies for what and you, you're likely going to get a modified adjusted gross income that falls somewhere along that phase out range as an extra little kicker. Uh, but there's my, my more risky, uh, we're, we're pushing all in on education tax credits, fellas. <laughs> Leave it to Adam to find the tax topic in general <laughs> principles. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I, I think this is a veiled advertisement for enrollment. in. I will say a very popular, fast growing element of the Biff review. And that is Adam's IRS pub crawl. <laughs> because you can get this information in IRS publication. I know how Adam likes to lead that, that pub crawl. So I think that's what's going on here, but it's a very good, it's a good draft. Pick. When I signed up for that pub crawl, I was expecting something very different than uh, browsing IRS documents for hours on end. <laughs> that was not the pub crawl I signed up for. <laughs> Both of them, you're not going to be standing when you're done. Okay. Yes. <laughs> oh, good point. Oh, excellent, excellent. All right, Mike, you're up next. Okay. Along the same lines of depth and layers and lots of ways to test uh, a subject, um, my next draft pick, I'm going with Section 529 plans for uh, education funding. This is another one that threads through uh, multiple topics, really, um, particularly uh, not only education, but also income tax. And there's just so many ways to come at it from a funding level um, and how much they can do and the accelerated funding uh, for five years. Um, what happens with distributions? What happens if somebody doesn't go to school? Uh, those can are all great standalone questions um, that, that you could pull, uh, for the exam. So it's just a heavyweight topic that, that is just a must study. Uh, cause I, I just would be shocked in any exam cycle if there uh, was not a 529, uh, question. And, and I, I'm not recalling recent cycles, um, where, where, no, I don't remember anything on 529. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to go, uh, that, that actually could have been a, a first round draft pick. Yeah, uh, I put it on par with, you know, like retirement savings, education savings is is just as common and just as important as retirement savings these days from a lot of clients. Great pick, Mike. Great pick. Great I will pick. I will point out, though, Mike, I will point out that uh, you do need my first pick of time value of money uh, calculations in order to do your 529 calculations. So I will just well, say you need to give me that one because they need to be on the same team to really perform at their fullest potential. I'm, I'm a so. spiteful GM. I'm a spiteful, like need both, both players careers are going to wither on the vine because uh, they don't have that chemistry. That's cold, Jerry. That's just cold, man. Fun is a, is a zero sum game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. All right. My turn. Back-to-back -back picks. My my two final picks back-to-back -back here. First up is my metagame pick. I'm going to metagame it a little bit, boys. I'm choosing behavioral finance. Uh, and that's because, uh, I forget, is it a year ago, 18 months ago? When, when did the CFP board separate it out into its own topic? 
in in the curriculum. Year you guys remember? Half, right? in, yeah, about a year and a half ago. Yeah, so, yeah, I think so. So it was just a subtopic under uh, general principles. As far as, if you look at like the percentage breakdown that the CFP board publishes of, you know, what percent each section makes up of the exam, uh, behavioral finance used to just be included with the general principle topics. And about a year and a half ago, they kind of cut it out and separated it out and made it its own section of the exam with its own percentage weighting. And they sent out all sorts of emails and newsletters and notifications telling everyone how important it was. And you can just tell that the CFP board puts a lot of emphasis on behavioral finance. It's kind of the fancy buzzword in the industry these days. And so for that reason, not because it's a particularly difficult subject, because I think it's probably one of the easiest topics uh, that we've kind of covered today, because it's really just dictionary definition. You know, what are these different uh, biases and what do they mean and how they affect clients? It's not hard by any means, but it is super, super important. And every single cycle, we have numerous students tell us that they got behavioral finance questions uh, on their exam. It just, it goes without saying that you're, you're almost guaranteed to get a couple of them on your exam. And as long as you kind of put a little effort into it, study them, they're slam dunk, easy questions to get. But if you don't put that, uh, effort in, if you don't, uh, you know, look up what the Dunning Kruger effect is, uh, or anchoring bias or anything like that, then those questions become impossible to answer because it's one of those, you either know it or you don't, there's no logicking your way through it really. So because of that, uh, behavioral, uh, finances is, is going to be my pick for uh number two slot for my, for my team. I like I like that pick, but I think we need to get some kind of officials in here. I'm tempted to throw a red flag, uh, a oh. challenge flag on that one because technically it's not part of general principles anymore. <laughs> Listen, it's a separate category. Adam just Adam just chose a tax. Adam just chose a tax subject, so I, I'm 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 well within my rights. Okay, and gra- right. also I'm going to call grandfather clause. It used to be part of general principles, <laughs> and I don't oh, think we okay. I don't think we can honestly fill an entire episode on just behavioral finance question uh, topics. <laughs> All right, so we're getting into the fine print of that. Yes. All right, well I'll, I'll accept that it's a solid pick, and wow, did we get confirmation in this exam cycle that the the test was all over particularly yeah. the bias stuff mm-hmm. yeah so you're exactly right you gotta well, look at this you gotta know the the most common stuff i i, I teach in in the review i teach an entire hour-long class just on behavioral biases because wow. that's how important they are you know one of my one of my pop-up sessions in the review every single cycle is focused on those behavioral biases because they get tested on and they got tested on really heavily. Yeah. I, I guess I'm Adam, are you okay with this? So we move on and, and, <laughs> and I pick up the red flag for now. Are you all right with this? Yeah. I, um, I, I, I think we can, we can move on here, but, but let's bring it to the, the commissioner and, and have a commissioner review before our next episode. <laughs> let's see what the, uh, what the higher ups think of this one, but uh, I think we can move forward. That's good. The commissioner's in my back pocket, so I'm I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll have replay on this too, so I want to get under that hood and watch this. We we golf on Tuesdays. See if we missed anything. <laughs> Irrefutable evidence. 
<laughs> All right. Rounding out my team, my third and final pick. Uh, I'm going with the safety pick, uh, and that is FDIC insurance. Uh, FDIC insurance is one of those topics that I, I think is fairly easy, but for some reason, it always gives students a really hard challenge, you know? Yeah, for sure. It's one of those topics that you could sum up with in a single sentence. You know, FDIC insurance is $250,000 per person, per account type, per bank. That's really all you yeah. need to know for FDIC insurance. Like that right there is pretty much the entire topic, but it still gives a lot of students a lot of trouble, um, especially when I think you start involving joint accounts. People kind of get a little nervous with how to calculate the joint account uh, coverage. And so that gives them trouble. So uh, I'm picking FDIC insurance just because it's one of those topics that's going to be really easy for you to master. You know, check that box off, get it in your side at your, your court uh, and get those free, easy points. But you got to know how to cover those those tricky joint accounts and, and how the coverage works in those kind of oddball scenarios. But if you just put, you know, honestly, a single study session into it, you should be able to get FDIC, uh, FDIC insurance down pat. And it's one of those topics that we see tested on constantly. They're always, I had FDIC insurance questions on my exam. Um, it's something that is is an evergreen topic. And because it's evergreen and it doesn't require much update, I feel it's one of those topics the CFP board really likes asking because it's uh, less maintenance that they have to do in their question banks. Well, and it's timely right now, you know. Yeah, um, yeah so. with the banking crisis, I'm sure we'll probably see some more FDIC insurance questions in the wake of, uh, you know, everything that was going on in, in the banking industry. Yeah, good pick, good pick. Yeah, nice, nice, nice way to bring it home there, Jerry. Excellent. You got a, you got a pretty solid squad. I'm pretty happy with my squad. Um, I think I think we can go all the way this year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike, what is your third and final pick? Well, <clears throat> uh, since you took my my first one, the calculator one, um, kind of on the fly here for one, but um, I think it's also timely. Um, housing ratios. Okay. Um, with all the refinancing that's going on, um, you know what those standards are and 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 I realize that in exam land it might be a little bit uh, a, a little bit different but uh, the most important one of course is the PITI um, and, and what do we go there with guys 28% I think mm -hmm. is yep. that one and then when we throw consumer debt into the mix it's what 36 36, 36 uh, yep. so I just think that's very timely uh, it's not the source of a lot of uh, of different questions but just with what's going on in the marketplace, I think it's, uh, uh, if I were an exam writer, I would want planners to, to be up on, uh, up on this. But then also um, in your calculator pick, and it, this goes along with housing, um, with your calculator pick, you know, you weren't specific and, and, and it was time value money. So I think I've got room to slide into this draft pick since it has to do with uh, housing, mortgage amortization calculations. Uh, I think that is a section that's that it doesn't violate your- Whoa, pick, all right, but... I'm definitely throwing the red flag. You're getting two <laughs> picks for one right there. 
<laughs> no, it's all part of the same thing. You gotta, you gotta know the. Oh, it just it's a convenient package the deal. Ratios. <laughs> the ratios, the ratios. <laughs> uh, I, I object. I object to that. Mike's trying right. to sneak. Well, a we're already going through the commish, so uh, you know we'll have him take a look at that one too. But I think it's well within bounds uh, on this pick to to put those two together because you need one to do the other. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's, you know, you, know, you also need, you also need a calculator to do those as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're killing me. Smalls. You're killing me. Uh, all right. That's a controversial pick from Mr. Mike long, Adam. Let's, let's, uh, take us home strong <laughs> with some <laughs> dignity. <laughs> well, we might be sending this one to commish as well, fellas, because, uh, I, I gotta I think this is a bundle here. We're, we're, we're looking at monetary and fiscal bundle, oh, uh, monetary both. fiscal policy. I'm going to go both. Why not? Listen. You know what? I will at least say that's more of a peanut butter and jelly match than uh, than Mike. So I'm I'm going to be a little bit more forgiving for us. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> uh, I'm, we're, I, if I had a second red flag, I'd throw it now. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's taking his red shirt off and throwing it on the field. Yeah, Biffman doesn't like this. Biffman's getting excited. Biffman's getting upset. You ever see that Seinfeld episode where Jerry's talking yeah, to me? <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy, <laughs> George is getting upset. <laughs> All right. So well, tell us about on this, theme, Adam. on theme, guys, because listen, you're, you're talking about FDIC, about housing ratios. I wanted this last pick to also be really relevant and current. Right. And we've seen all sorts of stuff with the Fed that's going on out there. Are they going to raise rates another tick? What's going to happen there? What's the impact to the, the economy? How is this playing into inflation in our economy, in the U.S. and globally? How is that going to pull that inflation rate down? Uh, lots of good stuff here. This is another one. You master the core concepts, but be prepared to have to take it a step farther. So we know that Congress is responsible for the fiscal side of things. So we tell our students, just remember that C in fiscal stands for Congress. So they're going to write laws. Uh, they're going to adjust the way things are taxed. And that's it. That's what they do. On the monetary side, we got the Fed. You need to know the tools that are available to the Fed and how they're going to impact <clears throat> the flow of money into the economy or the pullback of money from the economy. We won't go through all those details now. But where you're likely to see this tested is you're going to be provided with some bullet points or a brief description about what's going on out there. And this is where I think we might, to, might need to take this to the commissioner too, because I think we pull in business cycle into this, because you need to be able to identify where you are in the business cycle and understand how that works in order to think about what's the most effective tool that the Fed can use to make sure that things don't overheat and get out of hand or sink way, way low, right? Um, so I'm going monetary, fiscal policy, and knowing the mechanics there, knowing how they influence the overall economy, and knowing who does what, the Fed versus Congress. Yeah, that's pretty good. I may give you the benefit of the doubt on that. But also with these, just being able to identify what it is by the description uh, mm -hmm. of what's going on. We, there's questions on who does what. Then there's some other questions in the exam pool. It's just like the government's doing this. Uh, and so which one is that? 
Yeah. And I like this topic as well because it's another one of those topics where if you just spend an hour working on this, you'll have this down and you'll get these easy points on the exam. You know, it's, it's just another example of one of those topics that, hey, it's going to be a little tricky in the <clears> beginning, <throat> but once it clicks, it clicks and, and you just have that information in your brain and you'll get those free points on the exam when you get those questions asked to you. So it's well worth, you know, as far as like, Return on investment density, uh, monetary and fiscal <laughs> policy is a very, uh, you know, ROI dense uh, topic for the amount of effort it takes and the amount of points that you get out of it. Yeah, we're we're looking. This is the money ball approach here. This yeah. is how a team, Adam. You know, we're we're all about that. We're we're scrappy, <laughs> but we're going to cover a lot of ground. And remember, folks, monetary, the Fed, they control the discount rate. Okay. Yep. They control the discount rate. I think that's a one-off that you should have on a flashcard and really master those open market operations and understand how buying back treasuries, releasing treasuries and understanding the cash flow that comes as a result and then how that flows into the economy and influences the economy. But yeah, I agree with you, Jerry. Big return on investment here. Uh, really crucial topic for for our students to study. Yeah, for, for me, it's the, the C in fiscal stands for Congress. And I just remember writing on a flashcard, like a capital T, you know, uh, fiscal going across the top and then Congress coming down off the, off the T going down uh, as, as the way to kind of remember, uh, you know, Congress decides fiscal policy. Scrabble style. I like Yes. That. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I did. Awesome boys. Well, that wraps up our draft. I think we have some very strong teams uh, for the general principles, uh, in two weeks time, we're going to be bringing, uh, insurance to all of our listeners. So if you guys like this style, if you had fun with this episode, uh, please let us know and we'll keep doing them. And I'm interested to see what our, uh, our final draft rosters are going to be when we get to the end of all of the topics and see who's going to have the strongest overall team. <laughs> Well, we may need to pull in some exam passers to uh, to vote on those teams. Oh, uh, I like that and, idea. And, and 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 rank them. That just came out of the exam. On, Ooh, uh, you know, based we could, on your experience. We could we could post our uh, our draft teams uh, to the website and do a little oh, I like poll this. option and see and have the listeners vote for which of us drafted <laughs> the strongest team. <laughs> there you go. I like it. Awesome. Well, that about does it for this week. Uh, if you are looking for more Biff Bites episodes, make sure to check us out at BiffBites.com. Uh, we're also on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, all the places where you can get your podcast episodes. Uh, and also, if you're thinking about uh, sitting for the November exam, we'd love to have you. Uh, enrollment is open uh, for the November exam cycle for the Biff Review. We're gearing up and uh, we're really excited to get a new class of CFP candidates. Take care. We'll take it easy, everyone. Hope you have a great one. You too, guys. See you guys, that was fun.